All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All business, all winter. Real Life, the podcast, episode two. I'm Jason Strudwick. I'm your host of Dinner Television. You hear me every night uh, from five to seven on City TV. I am also a longtime NHLer, 650 games nearly, and most of those uh, played really well. And of course, I'm also a three-time defending champion at the Lloyd Minster County Fair Best in Show Baklava competition. One night I'll have to bring some in for you guys. With me across the table is uh, a man who is uh, infamous in many ways, he is a man who holds the record with 26 goals in 60 games for the Roly View or Roly Valley Thunder hockey team. 26 goals in 60 games. Very impressive stat for Junior D. He's also the host of the uh, wildly famous Jason Greger show from 2 till 6 on TSN 1260. Greggs, are there any plans in the future to retire your jersey out at that outdoor arena near the Roly View community? Well, it's a great question. It's something that a lot of people have been asking for many years. And in fact, <laughs> let's just get the statistics straight. It was 39 goals in 70 games. Outdoor hockey, minus 40. It's pretty tough. You had to skate uphill both ways on that ring. It was kind of slanted. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it. But uh, in all honesty, the jungle, Junior B, of course, uh, had, had a lot of fun playing with the Chiefs sure. and the Riggers. And uh, I noticed my uh, my oldest nephew, who... Uh, Played major AAA, played junior A for a year, and now he's going to school. And 
just wanted to play with his buddies. He's back in the jungle. <laughs> and uh, I was just looking on their website, and he's really quiet. He doesn't say much. He has 15 points his last five games. He's leading the league in assists, and I just sent him a text message. I was like, hey, maybe you can break the Gregor record for most points in the jungle. So uh, we'll see. I love that league. It's still fun. You know, guys just sure. running for the love of the game. Yeah. And uh, there's still uh, there's way more cheap shots and, and stick oh, yeah. work in that league compared to other yeah. leagues. There's not as much discipline, really. So I love going and watching, man. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a fun Friday night every now and then, just sit back plus at the Beaumont ring stretch you would love this the uh, curling lounge is right next door so if you're in intermission you just slide over and have a pop do you think you would have scored more goals if you could actually raise the puck oh you know what uh, I have really good hands I just am not a great skater <laughs> although true story says true story uh, in my uh, second year of, uh, of junior uh, yes. we had a coach uh, Bob Drennan Bobby Bobby Drennan is an absolute beauty He'd been the caretaker for the for as long as I can remember. He was like a coach. The guy like lived at the arena. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like seriously, he drove the Zamboni. I think twenty four hours a day. Yeah. And uh, then he ended up uh, coaching us one year in, in junior. Not necessarily the best decision, but nonetheless, Bobby was a beauty. <laughs> and uh, we had uh, in that time he had like ten forwards and five defense because guys are getting suspended injuries all the time. And so I had to and I had played really well in the first ten games. I think I was second leading scorer. Yeah. And. He, they have a coaches meeting, and he decides. And there's another guy on the team, Jason Duclos, who played forward and defense. He would go back and forth. And so Bob Dren's doing the lines. We only had nine forwards. And goes, well, we'll just put another guy on defense, and Jason will play defense. Well, the coaches all assume he meant Jason Duclos. Yeah. So he comes in the room and he lists off all the lines. I don't even see my name in a line, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I'm now on the fourth line. I'm paddling. And then he lists off the defense. And he goes, Gregor, you're playing defense. No. Yeah. And he leaves the room, and I'm like. Did I hear that right? Like, I never played defense. I barely crossed center for God's sakes. So I had to play. I ended up playing defense the rest of the year. Come on, but buddy, I loved it because I was playing like twenty-five minutes a night. A lot more ice time. Lots more ice yeah. time, and uh, I ended up being named defenseman of the year. Our team that shows up by the defense house. But uh, I learned a lot about the position. Like sure. I hated going back for pucks. I had a whole new understanding for defensemen because there, there was no obstruction back. You can hold guys up. Right. You go back there. You're just like you're lifting your hands every time. Yeah. You could see the ice so much better. I love that. So hard going yeah. back is so oh, hard. It was when you're well. First of all, I'm not a great defense from the beginning sure. I had no instincts like I was seriously man I, like I would watch order defense and, and, and see when a guy would make mistakes and I'd be like well that's not bad trust me you should watch my game film <laughs> uh, back in the locker room they lost a whole year about 405 I helped my buddy uh, Dave uh, coach uh, his junior B team and so at the time I was only like 27 or 28 maybe around that age so I was pretty young so the kids I was coaching with weren't maybe only a few years younger than me 20 whatever and this one like, there was this big bully on the other team and he was chirping our team and running our team show you know I still I was still I was playing I was very still fired up you whoa whoa did you chirp for yeah. as a coach I was chirping this guy so he was a little bit hefty and I, every time he'd come for a face off in front of me like hey you guys watch out for number four there's donuts falling out of his pocket <laughs> the first time he kind of looked over and didn't say anything I'm like hey hey number four have another donut let's pick up your pace a bit he looks around that have to kill you after this game like come and get it come and get it and so we started chirping each other i'm like my my buddy who always chirped everyone came to like hey 
enough decided to calm down. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I mean, not one of my highlights, that's for sure. So that that's your initial foray into coaching. Yeah. Because now yes. now you're into real coaching. You're an initiation coach. Yes. And yeah. I know you, you you had to put in your intro that you played 650 games, <laughs> which is a shot. I'm surprised you didn't mention your one for one in the shootout. I'm sure that'll come up in every episode. It's kind yeah. of like your Superman of Seinfeld, really. But uh, I, I had a, a conversation with your lovely wife yes. on uh, Sunday, and she told me how you had to spend six hours finally learning the game of hockey. Like, it's, this is a really good thing for you, she said. It was, yeah. So, <laughs> so I am coaching my two oldest kids in initiation. And it's funny, when I had to put on the application, it's a big application to fill out. I mean, they want to check and make sure they have, you know, good people, all that stuff. Then it says, what qualifies you to coach in initiation? Now I wrote down was I scored a shootout goal in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and the lady she wrote back, she goes, I like that answer. You're in. Not that I only it's volunteers, right? It's not like the hiring. But to coach at that level, um, you have to have a certain number of uh, coaches on the ice with their coaching one. So for every 10 kids, you have to have one. So if you have 11, you have to have two coaches with it on the ice. But I'm one of the lead instructor, myself and my partner, Emily. So um, we both have to have it. So we got to take this. So there's many online courses you take. Uh, respect in sports, sports safety, all that stuff. Then on top of that, you take a two-hour online course, and then you head out to do uh, the uh, the online, or so the, the on-ice and the in-classroom. Six hours, Sunday. Six hours I was in there. So I walk in there. For initiation <clears throat> hockey? Well, this will carry you through. I believe it will carry you through till uh, Pee Wee, I believe. But you have to do it if you want to be a lead instructor. Okay. So I skate. I, I, I walk in the room, and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't thrilled to have to do the course. I only played 17 years professional hockey. Two in junior, uh, I coach about five, well, five, five to eight hours a week on the ice with different academies, different teams. I run my own hockey school. I've, I've spoken at a coaches conference, an international coaching conference in Sweden. And here I am sitting in this classroom. Uh, but to be fair, the instructor was great. Great information. I think it really went a long way. And I love that we're coaching our coaches to coach because I think that, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know what they're doing. For instance, I did the same thing for basketball. My son wanted to play basketball to be on the court. I had to to learn how to coach basketball. I think that's fantastic. But I would think there'd be some leeway for a guy who has some experience watching and learning and being around hockey all that time. So you're saying kind of like in high school when you have 90% all year long, and then sometimes you would just say, they would say, you don't have to write the exam, but proving yourself. So you're saying, hey, if I, if I have 400 games of NHL experience, plus 400 nights in the press box in, in the NHL, that should allow me enough. Like, I was coaching from up high many nights. That's what you should have put on your resume. You know what? I, I think this, this is how I think. I, I love that they've done this. I honestly think the best way to learn as a coach is to watch. And the, and the instructor made a good point. Uh, he said, no one's reinventing the wheel here. Everyone's copying from someone else. So if you can watch and copy. So when I go down to more, I, I, I like going to those practices. I love going to the morning skate because a lot of times, and you know this, Greg, before or after practice, you see the players do yeah. little drills to work on their skills. And both teams are doing that. So, you know, it, that's, I love doing that because kids, you know, we're going to be able to skate up and down. Everyone can figure out a horseshoe, but it's those little drills that you learn uh, watching these NHL guys or junior or midget. That's where I think the really value comes in. And I, if I was running hockey at Edmonton, I would try to get more coaches out to watch um, the great coaches we have. I mean, you think of just at the U of A, great coach there. Edmonton um, Oil Kings, great coach there. All, Nate has good coaches. Watch what these guys do in practice, and that's how you learn and copy. You don't have to re- – no one's reinventing the wheel. Just copy what is out there. That makes a lot of sense. I think it would be something – you have the community rink. 
uh, downtown, it'd be easy yeah. to have a day where you want to come. Coaches, if, if you're a coach now on any minor team yeah. in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Saint Albert, I don't care how people want to drive two hours, come in sure. and, and watch how they conduct the practice. Keeping in mind that certain drills that NHL players do, sure. you don't do for eight drills. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we should remind people because it's, it's amazing. People, are, well, they do yeah. that in the NHL. I'm like, yeah, because they're like the best players in the league. Right. You know, most guys in the university can't do those, some of those drills. Yeah. Effectively, so don't ask an eight-year-old no. to do it. Now, did they have a portion in this six-hour yeah. where you had to sit in there? And uh, I'm guessing you were probably watching the order game on your phone. Let's be honest. I was call- updating often. Okay. <laughs> I felt bad. I was trying to sit in the back. Did, was there a section on not chirping kids on the other team? <laughs> did you pay attention to this? It's called respect and support. <laughs> I didn't show it, I, but luckily I didn't turn the course before that. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing, you know, that, but it's really, it's a really well done course. So if anyone out there is thinking, I don't care where you are across Canada, across North America, take one of these courses. It's important, I think, just to, just see the way you do it. The one thing you kept repeating, I think is really true. Uh, you have an hour ice time. If you spend eight minutes explaining a drill, it's too long. You're yeah. wasting your time. I, and what I would recommend doing, this is my own thought, but you can, you know, maybe not with five-year-olds, but as you get a little bit older, name a drill. This is a Jason Greger drill. Everyone goes out and they know what they're doing. And just keep repeating. So they come to a point where we're doing the Greger drill, we're doing the Strudwick drill, we're doing the McDavid drill. And then boom, 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 and the kids are skating the whole time. And that That's, one, by the way, that was really fitting three names you put in there. Yeah, well, three, yeah. It's, it's really the Mount Rushmore yeah. of hockey greatness. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, speaking of that, there's usually three of us. Well, usually, I should say, we've done one. Yeah. Hey, Wanye, where are you? It's her, it's her second podcast, and Wanye Gretz, who, by the way, was the one who approached yes. us to do this. Was yes. like, hey, God, we'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> and he does one show, clearly had somebody chirp him on Twitter, and I was like, ah, you know what? I need to take a break. I need to go to Iceland. I need to feel good about myself again. So uh, he's over there. And, we, and I know, like, they don't have phones in Iceland. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't call in. Exactly. Write a note. Yeah. I don't get it. What? Just Skype in. Skype in your thoughts. Hey, Sweaty Griggs, I really want to do a podcast. I've been a co-founder of Oilers Nation a long time. I want to kind of get my voice to be heard now, not just on Twitter. And now he doesn't show up. No. Is he going to be here next week? Well, who knows? Honestly, we should have a bet. <laughs> we wonder for our listeners, do you think Wanye will be here next week for episode three? And if he isn't, what do we do? There has to be something. We made fun of him enough. Maybe that. Do we hurt his feelings? Well, I think we might have to go get him one of those arm stretchers. <laughs> I can't believe how many people on Twitter were saying it. It was so no, funny. Like the alligator and the orangutan. <laughs> that's what I'm working with in the podcast. I think that's your guys' nickname now. Alligator arms for Wanye and uh, orangutan arms for you. Now, if Wanye is really too bad because um, one of the topics today, I think he would, well, I would know his answer. Yes, he would. Oh, Okay. There, there's nobody more in love with Justin Bieber than Wanya Gretz. Well, for, who yeah. is it? Because he used to love Everly. Yeah. Well, he kind of broke up with I him. know. And now he's on McDavid and Everly, or uh, now uh, Bieber. Yeah. Well, he's always been a big fan of Bieber. Jeez. Well, I like yeah. the talent. I don't like the guy. Yeah, he's, he's maturing. Yeah, he's, he's maturing. He's walking off stages all over the place because people are cheering too much. Can you imagine you go and pay like 200 bucks? To they're go cheering or booing? No, so they're cheering him so much. He doesn't like it. In Amsterdam last week, he was he was so noisy. He couldn't hear himself. Couldn't hear what was going. He asked people to quiet down between the sets. He didn't quiet down, so he dropped the mic and walked off. Huh. See, I don't follow him as much. Clearly. I know. I, I know. Wait, <laughs> that was, it's, <laughs> is he one of your guilty uh, pleasures? Because that's what we're discussing today. Oh, why did I just say that story? It's yeah. embarrassing. Wow. <laughs> you know everything about it. No, you know what? I don't really like the guy. But you know what? You know what we had for breakfast last week? He really likes uh, having scrambled eggs. I like having scrambled eggs, too. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So we're going to talk 
this this is my thing about guilty pleasure songs. So, you know, we all I love Spotify. If you've never seen it, it's a great app. You can get it on there. It has all just about every song in the world. All the artists, it's amazing. What happens? I'm cycling through that every now and then, and a song comes across that I love, and I've, that I used to love, and I kind of don't. You don't want to tell everyone that you love some song. It's just you know you're a man you're trying to be cool. So tell like the girl you used to date who doesn't look good anymore, and you're kind of like, well, I don't want to tell people I dated her. And vice that, versa. That actually happens quite a bit. Right? It's funny. <laughs> like, girls, you, you see your ex, and there's even like, well, I don't want her to look bad. And I'm sure girls, right. geez. And, but some people are like, wow, I want to look bad because then I feel better. I'm like, no, I don't want that. So, how do you know her? Well, I used to date her 20 years ago. <laughs> and she looks terrible now. I know, well, no, she looks really good then. Then you got to go pull out of the picture, right? So, I, and the good news is, I've ran into a few of my ex, and they all look fantastic. So, that's good. Well, some Not of them, that maybe I don't, but I know they do. Some have a face like a half true caramel. You know what I mean? And it, it is hard because I think the same. I'm like, do I start to look bad? And I think you know, there's certain parts of me that are giving up. <laughs> not giving up. Maybe they're letting go. I mean, you're not letting go. That's pretty dramatic. No, well, Let's move on. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> the, the, the tongue, is that what your hairdresser calls it for? Renee, yeah, yeah, yeah Renee, my hairdresser. And yeah, she, she said she, she felt bad. I said that's true. Renee, I, don't feel bad. I know. Not at all. Honesty, honesty is good. Strength needed to hear that. It's true. I have to. Okay. Well, listen. So let's talk about these guilty pleasure songs. So the song that I have is about three women. It's a song by three women, older song, 80s. And uh, two of them are sisters. Very simple name. Very simple name. Oh, the Beach, uh, the Beach Boys girls? Yeah, that's right. I yeah. don't know. Is that who it is? That's right. Wilson Phillips. <sighs> and the song I, I cannot get out. I'm so, even my wife is like, are you serious? Because every time I go in the car, my, my phone hooks up the Bluetooth and it starts playing Impulsive by Wilson Phillips. I'm gonna be impulsive reckless and lose myself in your kiss so i i i swear to god in the last week i've listened to this a hundred times not I, that's probably come on underestimated a hundred windows what? down what? that song i love really? it windows down screaming on the top of my lungs and I, i've been busted a couple times on the road but if you don't know the song impulsive by wilson phillips it's unbelievable do you have one well, I have a few different ones. Okay. Uh, probably one that I think most people would have, and it's funny we talked about Justin Bieber because I think he was the one that, that kind of promoted her, but uh, Call Me Maybe, I used to sing that song all the time. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's, it was just catchy. I'm like, God, why am I singing this song? Carly Rae. Yeah, Carly Rae, Justin Bieber, whatever her name was. Yes. And there's actually a Bieber song, funny enough, true story, that new Bieber song, not really new, but uh, What Do You Mean? That song is kind of catchy. I, I, I catch myself listening to it all the time. Mm-hmm. The real, you don't but have, I'll be honest here. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know you know what Spotify is. As you know, I'm, I'm not really a musical person. Like My wife has tons of music and plays sure. in the house. We have, a, we have a new sound system yeah. in, so I, I know where the iPod is. So yeah. I can press the button and, and away. Like, I don't choose the music, but I just kind of shuffle through sure. until I find some some CNC music factory or, uh, you know, black box or stuff like that. But probably the worst guilty pleasure song I ever had. True story. Was I walked into a liquor store and I was going to my buddy Hutch's house for this Saturday night. We're going there for beer. Skinny legs on Hutch, yeah, by yeah, the way. We're exactly. talking a lot about Hutch. And <laughs> so I stopped in at the liquor store and, and the cassette, the, the CD is at the counter. And I'm kind of like, wow, why is this, why would this CD be here? Like, I actually really like this song. I just thought it was meant to be. So I'm excited. I buy it. I go in my car and I put it on and I'm listening to it and I'm like, well, it's good, but it doesn't really, it didn't sound as good as I remembered it yeah. when I used to watch it on video. And I watched it online, that's how I heard the song, was Susan Boyle. So, <laughs> I dream a dream. Susan Boyle. 
So that was the song that I played for a long time. So I had, and I just kept it in my car. And every now and then, you know, I never had it in my house. No one else. Like, I was single. No one was in my car for me. And I would play that song. Of course you were single <laughs> that song. So uh, my, my, uh, I ended up dating a girl who's now my wife, Tracy. And, uh, you know, I don't know, one time in my car and I go, and she's a big music person. So I go into the store or something and she opens my the little cubby hole where my CDs are and starts rifling through and she noticed that was Susan Boyle, and she's like, what is going on here? <laughs> and so when I get, I remember this exactly, because she came back in the car, she's like, so what kind of music do you listen to? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I like, I kind of like any genre, really. I listen to it if it's a good country song. I'm not, I don't really like super heavy metal. That's not really what I'm into. But she didn't say why. And it was a few months later, all my buddies around, and she's like telling the whole story about Susan Boyle, and they're all chirping me, and I'm, she's like, yeah, I almost broke up in the mouth of that. I'm like, which kind of guy has a Susan Boyle CD in his car? So, oh, a passionate one. But, uh, you know, it's not there anymore, because I'll admit, the rest of the CD was terrible. She was like, that one song? And how they showed it on YouTube or whatever that sure. video show was with Simon, that it sounded way better there. Right. And if I couldn't see her unibrow, it just didn't give me the same feeling. Like, I think that's what it was when I looked at her unibrow. It's just like, look at how everybody staring at her and mocking her. Like, I fell for it. And I was like, she's dreaming the dream right now. And I really got sucked into it. But so I did listen to the song quite often. You're telling me when it's time for Lance Romance, you'd light the candles, maybe put some flowers out and drop Susan. Oh, well, then I would on. play Allison Krauss. <laughs> You say it best when you say nothing at all. That's a good buddy. Trust me, you want to get the panty sprinklers on high, you play that song. That's the closer. That is the closer. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, gentlemen. You mark my words down, you get that song in. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're happy we have a great partnership with the people from Finney. They have great tractors. Very nice. Diggers. Do you have a tractor out the farm? Of course we have a tractor at the farm. We have an excavator. Lots of uh, my uh, my brother-in-law right next door. Yeah, we have a lot of it. So that's why my son, that's all he talks about is diggers, excavators, dump trucks. And they pretty much have them. They sure do. That's here from our good friends at Finney. It's 2 a.m. It's been snowing since 2 p.m. Most people are snug in their beds, dreaming of a winter wonderland. But not you. You're out there, pushing winter around, getting it out of the way, taking care of business with your reliable, efficient, and affordable cat skid steer from Finning. From just $5.36 a month with the all-business lease, heated seat included. The all-business skid steer for all seasons. Call one 888 today. I'm Jason Strudwick, a longtime NHL veteran. I'm now retired. I'm a host of Dinner Television uh, from 5 to 7 every night. All things going on, we talk about it there. On the other side of the table from me. That's the most serious intro out of a break ever. Yeah, well, I'm a serious guy. I'm trying to change my tone. I'm trying to get a little more street cat. Jason Greger is the one who's uh, throwing in chirps and also apparently loves Susan Boyle, which is the only male I know. Other than my father, Wayne, he loves Susan Boyle. Yeah, okay, I, I loves Wayne's Susan a very Boyle. smart guy. I think she was from Britain Got Talent. Britain's Got That's Talent. That's probably Because he used to make me come over and be like, son, Jason, come and, come and watch this. And he, me and him would be standing over YouTube, like a, a computer, watching YouTube, Susan Boyle sing. Like that. You know, See, we, way, well, when you I, watch hockey. Wayne and I bonded <laughs> when, uh, when you embarrassed him. Probably the worst day of his life. Oh, with the, uh, yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah, day. we'll share but that. We will tell day. Wayne Bonding stories. But anyways, Dad, I know I'm glad you love Susan Boyle. All right. Um, interesting situation. Dream, Wayne. This, <laughs> dream. this past weekend, there's something that we were texting back and forth, and we have to get it out. Um, Friday night, Montreal Canadiens were taking on Columbus. And after two periods, it was 8 nothing. Now, Montreal was absolutely rolling up to that point. The season was going very well. That game, they put their back up. Al Montoyan, Carey Price was resting. 
And you, my friend, had a problem with the way that it was handled by Michelle Terry and then Montreal. Well, no, I had a problem with all the excuses people were okay. making. Like, the one excuse was, well, geez, you got to pull Montoya. I'm like, why? He's just as terrible as everybody else. He should sit yeah. in there for the painful final 20 minutes like all the forwards and the defensemen have to do. It wins the team, loses the team. Because I don't know the last time if you're winning 8-1 where you pull the back up, would he be like, hey, guys, you know what? You guys are having too much success. Can I just sit on the bench here? No, that never happens. So right. when you're getting shelled, you should stick in there. But my issue was, A, people thinking, well, you got to pull the goalie. Like, somehow they need a free pass. But then on the other side, people are like, well, you can't put Carey Price in because he's got to play the next day. And I'm like, this is Carey freaking Price. He's the best goal in the league. If he can't play 20 extra minutes, and I know people say, well, he's going to come in cold. I'm like, well, in, in today's NHL ranks, man, you've got like mini practice ice surfaces in the back and I can warm up for 20 minutes during intermission, right? Like maybe you don't want to pull him in with four minutes left in the period. Okay, sure. fine. I can kind of see that. He's cold, but come on. Like it's Carey Price. If, if he's that good, I think he can play 20 minutes in Columbus, which you know is not going to be an intense 20 minutes. Right. And then play in Philadelphia. So I see it differently because quite frankly, with, with Carey Price, the coaching staff, uh, including Michelle Terran and uh, Stefan Waite, the, the goalie coach, they've sat down. They've probably mapped out the rest days for Carey Price. Now, I know he hasn't played every game this year. He was he was ill. Um, but, you know, they haven't mapped out. And whether they share that with Carey or not, I'm assuming they would share with Carey. Say, these are your rest days. These are your work days where they can get on get down nice, work on his technical skills, prepare. So when you're sitting down and you're watching that game as Carey Price and your team's getting slaughtered and you're the coach, you're like, I don't care what happens. They can get up to 15 to nothing. We're not putting carry in because this is a bigger picture. And unfortunately for Al Montoya, I played it that. We call him the greasy Cuban. And uh, the greasy Cuban, you'd be like, I'm like, you're sorry. You're the whipping boy in this one. Play good, play bad. It doesn't matter. This is it's more about carry. You're a caddy. You're a caddy for the top goaltenders in the league like Carey Price. And that's what backups do. Did he eat Cuban sandwiches? No, but he, I think he actually is Cuban. And he'd always talk about it. He, he, and for a while, he had a, on his mask, he had like a, a little cartoon character, Hugh Stogie. And he called himself, I don't know, we just called him, I don't know if you liked him, we just called him Greasy Cuban. All oh, that thing's never had a choice. Yeah, it was and hilarious. If you show you don't like it, that's when you know guys will oh, even more. Can't, can't, can't show the weakness. No. Can't show. But, uh, but I, that's not, I honestly, I, I have no problem. I think that if it was Carey Price, you better believe he's out halfway through the game. I don't care if I'm on choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, I don't, I'm not a fan of that either. Why? Shea Weber's got to play 28 minutes a night, right? Your top fours are going to have to play in those games. So to me, it, uh, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And I just find we're so protective of the goalies. Like, they got their equipment, and the NHL can't even figure out how to shrink their equipment correctly. They talk about The goalie union themselves said, hey, this is embarrassing. Let's change it. And they still can't do it. So I think uh, they've got the most equipment on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yet you treat them, people are like, well, you better have those defensemen with shin pads way smaller and skates with no padding on it. Make them block as many shots. Like, I think it's gone a little bit too far with the porcelain doll strategy amounts goaltenders. Except Ryan Miller for one game, because I'm going to give Miller props. Yeah. When he drops both the glove and the blocker, <laughs> no hesitation, and he's going after Matt Martin. So he is my goalie of the week for Ryan Miller. Matt Martin's a tough guy. And then Freddie Anderson comes down. You can tell Freddie was just coming down for a conversation. He was not going to be fighting. He was so. Man, he's a huge guy, though. You think he could throw? Well, Ryan Miller's a stick. You'd be like, I'd love to fight that guy. I, I, I did speak to the toughest goalie in history the other day on my show. Who Brent was that? Johnson. He was the toughest. Well, did you ever see Brian Johnson fight? Who did he fight the one? I do, I do remember. But he KO'd Di Pietro. 
that CDP liked to fight. But I think like I I think you had to put Ron Hextall, Felix Potvin kind of gave a Hexy a run for his money. You know, I played with Felix Potvin. Ray Emery's pretty tough. Oh, Ray Emery, he was a boxer. But I played with Felix Potvin. He told the story about Ron Hextall. He said, honestly, I was so scared and I knew I had to fight him. And then all of a sudden, I caught him with a couple good ones. And he said later on that year, Ron Hextall came by before the game said, Good fight, good fight. <laughs> <laughs> so classic. All right, well, the Oilers are in action tonight, uh, taking on the Mighty Penguins. Um, but I know you've been asking the question, which person or what is surprising the most about the Oilers this year? You know, there's so many things because they're winning. I think the Oilers Nation's a little bit in oh. stunned shock right now because they're not just winning. They're winning games in different fashions. But for me, if I'm going from an individual player i think just the the evolution of darnell nurse from last year to this year which shouldn't maybe be a big surprise because he's still really young tonight will technically be game one of year number two with his 83rd game but just his patience and and calmness all over the ice i I really enjoyed he's still going to make some mistakes every now and then yeah of course because he's a young defenseman but his skating ability allows him to make up for some mistakes and, and get back on guys but i just he's playing with so much more confidence he he looks like the defenseman i thought he would be and, you know, I, like, I was laughing, reading articles from people, writing off Darnell Nurse. Oh, look at his horsey. Look at his horse. got to train him. He's going to be a bust. Like, what, if you, I think people need to pump the brakes when you're analyzing a rookie's play. Sure. When, by the way, he played the most even strength minutes of any player. And he shouldn't have, but he had to do the injuries and whatever else. Was their top penalty killer in minutes. Like, he was playing the toughest situations, for goodness sake. Sure, he wasn't ready for it, but that's not his fault. And uh, the thing about Nurse is got a lot of confidence because you don't see a guy who got beaten down by it. Some players' threads, I'm sure you played with them, where they have a tough stretch, they never get out of it. It, did, it didn't bother him. No, I think the way I liked about his is that his awareness away from the puck is better in his own zone. Like, I feel that last year, oftentimes, he'd be, he'd be looking to the puck, let's say, the left corner, and standing right behind him was a guy in the dangerous one. Now he's, he's not doing that as much, and that's just a young defenseman learning, and that, that'll come. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise for this team and the biggest improvement has been their positional play. And I'll start talk specifically in their own zone. When, they, when you look now and watch the game, for the most part, the Oilers are in the right position in their own zone. They're on the inside of everyone. Because as a player, it doesn't matter if you're the winger or the center of the D. You want to be between the net, or sorry, the man and the net. Those are the two areas. If one person slides up, you slide up and to maintain that balance between him and the net. And I see that happening more and more. And especially, I don't know why it is, but when they wear their retro jerseys, those blue and orange, it is, it's just like five pylons, and that's the wrong word, but five beacons. They're inside everyone. And it's very hard to, to, to penetrate that zone. They're bigger, they're stronger. I think that's one reason it's hard to get in there. Then if they do get in there, count helps there to make the stop. But how many times have you seen this year a cycle go on for 30, 40, uh, one minute, you know, or more? It's rare. Yeah, the orders used to be a train wreck in their own zone. And, and you would watch it, and you could see it building and yes. coming. Yep. And like the Detroit game in the third period, you're watching that game, and the last few years you could sense, oh, the Oilers are going to have a breakdown. They're gonna... And you didn't yep. sense that at all in that game. That might have been their most solid play away from the puck. They didn't really give Detroit anything with their backup goalie and Gustafson, who did everything he wanted, stopped every even strength shot. And... The order's now a big test tonight, and it's interesting, Spruds, how sometimes history repeats itself. Yeah. Gretzky and Lemieux first met in Pittsburgh on November 6th, which, funny enough, was an election night. Ronald Reagan got his second term. And now you've got Crosby and McDavid, due to injuries last year, now meeting for the first time in Pittsburgh. It ended in a tie with Gretzky and Lemieux, and so the good news is we know that one ended in a tie tonight. <laughs> That's the, right. uh, the good news. But, you know, I'm kind of curious about it. McDavid is he's, he's a very humble guy, but... Like you go up against Crosby, who's the reigning best player in the league, 
you got to think that there's a little bit more excitement and maybe even some nerves. And, and I think we'll see them on the ice together more. Whereas Gretzky Lemieux that time didn't because back then you had to check in centers and Dave Hanna basically shadowed Gretzky all night. You know, you can't get to the point where in the NHL, we're not competitive on some level. And, and, and listen, I'm, I was never the best for the NHL, but I would get up against players that were physical. So it, I don't, it, every time we played the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, I was matched up against Eric Lindros. So it would be Lindros, Leclerc, and uh, Renberg, or whoever, right? Or Keith Jones sometimes. And this uh, did that in Islanders. When I came to Vancouver, it was myself and Ed Jovanovski. So I'd be on the third pairing. And then all of a sudden, we were playing Philadelphia. Boom, I'd drop up the first pairing player with Jovanovski. And I got up for that game. I was so excited because he was the best player in the league, I felt, at that time. And I was given the responsibility to go there and to physically try to manhandle. Now, that's a hard thing to do, but I was I would get up in my mind for that. I was so excited to go and play that game. So Connor McDavid, he'll he'll say all the right things. Oh, it's just another game. We've got to get it two points. But I promise you, inside, he wants to show that he is as good as Kimmy Crosby. It's not about being better, it's about competing. And I think that's where sometimes we're yeah. in, in the media world, it's like, oh, this guy's better, that guy's better. It doesn't, it's not about that, it's about competing and beating that person. You want to see how you measure up. Exactly. Exactly. And you want to show that you are on that level and you can do what your coach asks you to do. So I, I'm really excited for this game tonight. And just Will it be on the ice against each other? Probably, you know, quite often. But, you know, it's such an exciting game to watch. And I, I'm just, there's a lot of little stories in this game, but that's the one to see these two guys and just to see them compete and be at the top of their game. No, it makes sense. It reminds me of, uh, you know, when you and I have had our uh, physical endeavors and you're oh, over two. Yeah. I just look forward to the challenge. I look forward to the next one, right? Uh, Rowing dominated. Struts almost fell off the roller because he was so nervous slash excited to try to beat me. And, uh, of course, then, well, the baseball one, like, honestly, that's, it's really not even a competition. Like, that one was, I kind of felt like, Jesus, I'm being a kid in t-ball here. I might have to go back and try it again. Yeah. Well, you couldn't be worse. Well, right? like, to not, not to not hit, we, for those, we got invited when the, the Edmonton Capitals were here, and Strudz was still playing for the order. Yes. Family. It was a charity event. Yeah. And so he invites me down, and I'm like, well, here's a six foot three, 220 pound pro Ripped. player. And I'm not a big baseball guy. <laughs> Ripped. Yeah. And uh, he invites me to the, oh, do you want to do this? Oh, it's for charity. And I'm like, yeah. And he is chirping me. And yes. usually I will chirp back, and I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I'm so I don't want to chirp too much because I hate chirping if can't back it up. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I played slow pitch, but I was never a ball player. <laughs> so, but what I did where Struts didn't is I took advantage when they offered me to go to batting practice. Sure. So I went to batting practice. And of course, first thing the guy tells me, don't swing up, swim down into the ball, which is totally against me. I've always thought you swing up. So I'm like, all right, swing down. Yeah. Hit a few. And I'm like, all right, hit a few to the warning track. I'm good. And then we go to the, do the event and there's a rain delay and Struts, he brings his parents out for God's sake. It's like, this is going to be a big show for him. So proud of me. <laughs> and we get, it's a rain delay and Struts, oh God, you're just hoping the rain comes and just stays, aren't you? You're scared. And I'm just sitting there and I'm taking it. And we get out there. I go first, first pitch, boom, hit it off the wall. And I'm like, well, I don't care if I lose. I'm not embarrassing myself. And I hit a few more to the warning track. Didn't hit one out. Struts comes up, his first swing. I don't even know if I can describe it on the <laughs> podcast for you, but if, if you think of a slow pitch guy who thinks he's Tony Fernandez with the bat above his shoulder, and then he swings in slow motion, like if he swings slower, somehow that's going to hit the ball farther. And Struts proceeds to just go infield fly, ground ball, infield fly. When he was done his 10 outs, he got booed, booed at a charity event before the game. I was roaring. I swear to God that oh. Richard didn't like me. He was so drunk and you're like, 
I think it was Tim Wakefield. Oh, it was Tim Wakefield. Was if I such back. a classic. And I just remember seeing Wayne or your father oh. in the suite afterwards. I walk in, I'm like, Mr. Strudwick, can I get you a beer? And he goes, give me two. <laughs> he was so disappointed. Jeez. That's why I taught my daughter how to play baseball. Yeah, said, I uh, played like 650 games in NHL. My dad is disappointed. I'm failure athletically because I can't hit a ball. I literally didn't hit on the outfield, but I swear that pitcher. I think it was Ari Dickey. Was he the minors at that time? It was ridiculous. When he was throwing the jump, he was throwing me. Now, before we go, yeah. we have a little uh, segment that we call yes. We End Up uh, Real Life, yeah. which is the name of our podcast. Uh, we thank you for listening in. We end up with uh, Sorry Thomas Struts. And for th- something that people don't know, is a, a gentleman who's still playing in the NHL. He's the yeah. ageless wonder. Yeah. I, I think he might use Propecia. I'm not sure about <laughs> that, but I'm, I'm suspicious when I look at his flow. Garmer Yeager, yeah. who could become the second player ever to score 2,000 points in the NHL. Like, who knows when the guy's going to retire. He says he wants to play at 50, and I probably won't count him out. Yeah. thing, though, that a lot of people might not know about Double J is that in his Hall of Fame career, he was also an NHL stick boy to maybe somebody that you wouldn't expect him to be a stick boy to. Well, together we've combined for over, what, six or 700 goals? Yarmir and I, pretty impressive stat when you look at two guys in the same room. But uh, he was my partner. <laughs> we were teammates <laughs> in New York. And, uh, you know, he, he during training camp, you know, he, I, I got to him a little bit. And he said, do you want to come back and practice with me? Uh, at night, because we had, we, had, we had our own rink in, in New York, no one else could use it. So I said, sure. So uh, we, we go there, and he wanted to work on our shots. So I'm like, great, I can work on my shots with Yanks. How great is this? This guy at that point scored 500 goals. So we go in there, it's like 10 o'clock at night. We get all the pucks on the ice, we have our gear on, and I'm just passing him pucks. He's moving his spot, top of the top of the circle, hash mark, far hash mark, switch sides, same side run, all that stuff. So 25 minutes in, I'm like, hey, yeah, do you think I can start shooting? He's like, no, 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 you just passed tonight. Like, okay, great. So that year, I think he ended up scoring 52 goals, I believe that. And it was, it was unbelievable. But not that you're passing that late at night, though. Well, because they got him, you know, they're not always perfect, yikes. You know, it's not Michael Nylander passing to you. So anyway, so I think he felt bad. So later on in the year, he was, uh, he was giving me a hard time about my stick. Like, why do you use that stick? It's a log. That's what... Guys would call bad stick a lot. I'm like, that's ah, fine. It doesn't matter. So he comes to me and he's like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get your stick, a uh, new stick. He's like, so he takes my stick from my hands, goes in the stick room. There's like $100,000 in the stick in this room. Uh, amazing. He walks in, finds one that has similar lie, curve, all that stuff to mine. Gets the belt, sanded out, trims it just like mine, bends it, heats it up. So it's just like mine, but a different stick. So he's like, use this. Comes back 15 minutes later. Use this. I'm like, oh, come on, yikes, whatever. I tape it up. Thank you, man. I tape it up, put it on. My first pass, it was like going from literally using a two by four to Harry Potter's wand. I was throwing dish and sauce around. It was unreal. I looked like an Italian chef. So I couldn't believe it. He had me through practicing. How is it? I'm like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So after practicing, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will, I will make you a stick all the time until you get your pattern back. Because the way it happens, you send the full stick to Easton. Easton gets it. They make a whole composite, a, a press for you, get it, and they send it back to you. Takes about two to four weeks. So he said, every time you stick, I'll do it. So before every game, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to get a stick. And we had Shanahan on the team, Gomer, Chris Drury, Lundquist. They'd be like, yikes, yikes, Strutty needs a stick. And he'd pop out of the training room, I'll get it for you. Like, he'd go and get a stick for me and shave it down and do it all perfect. And then I'd do it before the game. And that game, I might have, like, one shot, two turnovers and a nice you know, whatever play, he'd have, you know, two assists and a goal, and he was spending more time on my sticks than on his, but it was so cool, and he's such, he just wanted, wanted you to be better, and the funniest thing, like, after I got my sticks, the real ones, I said to him, like, 
why'd you help me? He's like, I'm trying to make everyone better. I'm done with you. Then he's like, hey. <laughs> Now, so did he, he must have done this before your infamous shootout goal at Madison Square Garden, because there's no chance you're scoring with a log. Although maybe he yeah. saw that the fact you were, your strategy on Olaf Colzig yeah. and like for people who don't know, and Bob, I'm sure you know, because Charles sure. tells everybody he made time. Jason Strudwick, one for one in the shootout. <laughs> Quickly go through the shootout again. And then what happened the next day with Merrick Mount? So we, we had, um, we, 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 the, the, it was against uh, Ovi and the Washington Capitals. This is Ovi's rookie year. And this was ended up being the longest shootout. So I, they scored a couple goals. You know, then we get to round 13. No one's no, still time. So 14, there's, there's four of us left. There's myself, there's Merrick Malik, there's Karis Ka- or Darius Kasparais, who literally had hands like a seal, the worst hands you've ever seen. We used to say he had oven mitts on underneath his hockey gloves. And then we had the last guy was uh, Fredor Tu, who still plays in Colorado, but his middle finger was at a, uh, an opposite angle to where it's supposed to be. It was dislocated. Just disaster, so he couldn't play. So that was Tom Rennie's choices. So he chooses me, and I jump out, and, and Brian Muir had scored. So I had to score. I'm so nervous. People are already walking towards the exit. My teammates are already, like, they're already taking their skates off. So I just go down. I'm like, I'm going to shoot top shelf over top of his shoulder. Real goal scorer's mentality on a seven-foot goalie. I go to shoot. And some people say it fan. Other people say it the last second I changed my mind. Either way, went underneath his arm on his blocker side. And I was so happy and just relieved. And guys were going crazy on our team because it was so unlikely. Like, it was crazy. So then their guy didn't score. So Lee comes in. And, of course, he did the famous puts between his legs and shoots far side shelf. Unbelievable move. And then he puts his hands up like the Statue of Liberty. And, and it was a legend. A le- that's a legend of the garden. Because what happened is the next night, he and I were invited to go to the next game. Really? And we got to sit courtside. So he and his wife, myself, and, and my wife. And we're sitting there. And then during one of the many stoppages in the NBA game, it showed the video and people went crazy. And now there are a lot of those guys, people there weren't necessarily NHL fans, but that was a moment that people will talk about for forever. It was a I great never moment. caught on that that's he was yeah. doing the Statue of Liberty. That oh. makes that celebration even better. Oh, such a great guy and such a cool story. And that was a, just a, a team that came together quickly, but very, very cool. And, uh, you know, and, and Yags, I'll never forget it. He, he just would laugh at stuff like that because it's like, it was so unlikely that the two people would score were myself and Merrick. And he just laughed about it. Everyone thought it was just hilarious. But it was, it was a great memory in the, in, the, in the best, I think, the best building in the world. Did he ever get another shootout opportunity? I don't remember he did. And I remember I didn't either. But when I came to Edmonton, and then we get into a shootout, I'd be like, I'm ready, Pat, I'm ready. And he just wouldn't even listen. Like, I'd be like, I guess we don't want to win tonight. you know? Because <laughs> we had like gags and all those guys would do it. But, you know, I was all, I was partly serious, but also I was like, I didn't really want to go because he had to keep the record intact. Well, yeah, there's no chance. I can see it. You were just praying, okay, we get to round eight. Please someone score. Please someone score. I do not want to get the tap. Because a 1,000, bad in 100, and suddenly I'm going 50. That's a big difference. It's not as good a story. It's a big drop. It's kind of like Wanya, right? We've had two episodes. He's 50. He used to be a 1,000. Now he's 50. What if he's not here next week? Well, we're going to have to have a conversation. Maybe we'll replace him with somebody else. We might have to. The other co-founder. I don't even know who that is. That's a good point. But I know we have a very special guest. Yeah. Well, actually, those two are like peas and carrots. They hang out together all the time. Uh, Wanya and Doubt. It's just, it's, it's a little weird. It Bob is. Like, if we're, we're going to be honest about it. Like, right. they shave each other's beards. That, do they really? Yeah. They trim right. each other's beards. Okay, that's if Wanya was here, he'd tell the story, but he's not, so I'll tell it for him. Well, we'll have to get into that when he is here. Maybe he's here next week. Maybe next week. Right. But next week, a very special guest. We got a very well-known comedian, Wayne Jones, coming in. Very big sports fan. Very funny guy. Uh, I can't wait to have him. He's a good friend. Not unusually loved by someone else. That 
Oh, that's a different joke. Yeah. <laughs> so he's joined us uh, next week. So that's it for us. Maybe we'll do an improv with him. Oh, well, he is great at it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you can really think on your feet. Is that your strength? We'll find out. All right. We'll tune in next week. Until then, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That's Real Life, brought to you by Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.